Hello and welcome back to Unrivaled Experts, where we get the best of the best to share their insider secrets so you can get a shortcut to living a better life. I'm your host, Chris Gonkel, and joining us today is Bob D. Pasquale. Bob spent 12 years working with families in the financial services industry, but he's recently left that firm. He wrote a book, and here's a shameless plug, Personal Finance in a Public World, so check it out. Um, now he is helping people to use technology in a positive manner to create healthy money habits. And today, Bob is going to talk with us about social technology and money stress. Bob, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate the time. So let's just jump right in here. Bob, can you tell us who it is that you can help the most? It's people who are stressed about their money and their personal financial situation. And they feel that there's just a lot of decisions to make and they don't know how to make them all in a short period of time. So that's a lot of people. <laughs> yes, that is. It's uh, most of the population, honestly, which is a sad story, but it's true. Yeah. Um, so every, everybody needs your help, which which is good and bad, but luckily you're there to help them out. So what's one big problem that you specialize in solving and why is this a problem? The, the biggest problem is helping people declutter their budget and their financial life. I find that what happens is people are very busy driven. It's very easy to communicate these days. I mean, look at us. We're talking on this on, on the internet here and we can hear each other perfectly and we're overstimulated. There's too many things going on. So our finances take a back seat. So one of the things that I like to do is tell people to prioritize time to work on their budget. It can be very easy work. They just have to put the time in. Fantastic. So, so beyond prioritizing some of that time and, and getting ourselves away from maybe some of this overstimulation, what are some other solutions to this problem that people could, could do? Well, what I do with people is I, I encourage them to have some kind of visioning exercise. Now, I have a very long process that it takes to do that actually takes months to go through this whole process. But the initial steps is simply considering what are the things that are most important to you and identifying the difference between your discretionary and your non-discretionary expenses. So what are the things that must be spent spent on? What are the things that you must spend money on? For example, your home, your mortgage, your rent, your car payment, things that you know that you have to pay no matter what. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And there tends to be blurred lines there for some people. And I think that's where stress is created because they have to make these decisions. Well, do I want to pay for this or do I want to pay for that? If you can isolate initially those things that are most important, then it's much easier to go through the whole process and ultimately find really what is most important to you and de-stress a little bit so that when those decisions come, they're already made. You don't have to make them on short notice. So you're developing a system to take some of that guesswork out for you, some of the decision making you do up front. And, and then it frees you up later to not have to do that, correct? Yes. You mentioned my book. I appreciate the shameless plug, by the way. And one of the things I talk about in the book is decision fatigue. And it's very important that you aren't stressed when you're making financial decisions. You don't want to be stressed when you're making any decisions, but financially specific, specifically because those are things that can really affect your life in the long run. So if you have things determined in advance, and I understand that there's going to be times where things are unexpected and you just can't prepare for that. But as many things as possible that you can have prepared in advance. So when they come up, it's not really, a, it's almost not even a decision anymore. It's just an action. 
So when people decide to make their money a priority and they, they want to get this under control, what are some of the common mistakes that they're making when they start out? I think some of the, the most common things that people do is that they assume that they'll be able to afford something or that they'll be able to consistently benefit from a financial decision, like an investment, or maybe they, you may have heard the somewhat of an epidemic there is out there with small subscription fees. I don't think there's anything wrong with purchasing things or subscribing to things that we think can make our lives healthier and better, uh, gym memberships. Netflix subscriptions, but what happens is people don't realize the long-term effects of those things. And if if you find a new show on Netflix, for example, and you're like, well, I'm going to subscribe to Netflix for that new show and it provides you some joy for a couple of months of watching the show, or maybe you binge watch it over a weekend, but then in the long run, you end up spending money out of, you're not really getting the same benefit from it that you were initially, you probably need to make some adjustments. Makes perfect sense. And, and there's, there are a lot of voices out there when it comes to money management and, and, and getting your affairs in order. What's some of the worst advice that you see out there? The worst advice is to act on reaction and emotions. And another one of the things that I covered in the book is that if you were familiar earlier this year, there was the, the whole short squeeze situation with the GameStop stock. And that was a very, very complicated situation. And we're dealing with very technical things there. But in short, people thought because there was a small percentage of the population that made a quick buck, if you will, happens to be one of the chapter titles. If you believe and you see what's happening on the internet, that's why we talk about technology, it's very easy to see the best of the best. And the mistake is we assume that most people are going to be able to experience that when statistically it's a very, very small amount of people that will be able to earn a large amount of money in a very, very short period of time. Investing and personal finance is a, is a long-term journey. It's something that takes time and consistency. It's not about making a quick buck. It's about developing excellent habits and then just repeating them over and over again over a long period of time. Can you share with us a story of a client who came to you and they were struggling with their finances and how you were able to help them out and get them on the right path? Absolutely. The, the one that always sticks out in my mind the best is the story of a rideshare driver, if you're familiar with Uber or Lyft. And I, I've never I've never been a driver, so I didn't understand how the pay works and how the systems work. And I, it took some time for me to figure this out. But this, this gentleman, was he was a very, very nice guy. You could tell that he enjoyed doing that job because he communicated with multiple people. And the job brought him joy, put all of the financial stuff on the backhand and the stress of doing his taxes and driving for multiple different companies was really, really causing him a lot of stress. And ultimately he was putting off decisions that he had to be, that had to be made. And once again, that's the worst thing you can do is put off these decisions for later. So what we had to do is we had to go through that visioning exercise that I referenced previously, and we had to help him determine what are the most important things in his life? And and the reason why that, that helped him is because he isolated specific times during the day, every day of the week, and he, was, he, he took one day off a week that he was going to drive. There was nothing else that could get in the way of those things. And you might think, well, now we're prioritizing your work so much and, you know, can you enjoy your life at all? But what it actually did is it freed him up to – do the couple few different things that really brought him joy, joy for him and his family and his life. 
and he didn't have to worry about those. He wasn't stressed. He wasn't stressed by not being able to do the things he enjoys. So when it came down to it, working was simple enough. We calculated the budget and he was able to eliminate his debt in nine months as opposed to 12 months because those times that he was supposed to work, he knew he was supposed to work and he slowly he gained momentum and confidence as he saw the, the different debts that he had being paid off. And it took, a, it took a while to get into this routine, but it was super powerful to see him extremely joyful watching his debts get paid off and then also not feeling like he had to go spend money on other things to make himself happy because he had scheduled, he had put that stuff in his schedule. So the moral of the story in this, this gentleman's situation was prioritizing the, the, time, the work time versus the, the fun time. And he, he didn't get into a point at any, during those nine, during the nine month period, he never got to the situation where he was, had to work overtime because he had extra bills that he, that he wasn't prepared for. He always knew how much money he needed to make. And it was done in advance. The decision, there was never that decision. Do I work overtime to pay my bills or do I take my kids to, to the store or take my kids out for a movie or something? which is you never want to be in that decision. Yeah, that's fantastic to, to not have to stress about any of that at all. And of course, stress compounds and creates all kinds of other problems too. Um, what's something that our audience can do in the next 48 hours to really get on the right path to success with getting their finances under control? Great question, Chris. I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but it's take – it might take you 15 minutes. It might take you an hour or two. Isolate your discretionary expenses versus your non-discretionary expenses. Write down what are the things that you know that you got to pay for every week and there's not a decision every month, excuse me, and then write those down and then write down the things that you want to spend money on. And then make sure that the things that you have to spend money on are the first things that are addressed in your budget. So, Take 10, take, get, like I said, 10 to 15 minutes, write those things down. Maybe it takes you a little bit longer, but as soon as you write those things down, it, I, you'd be surprised how much more clarity people find in that, in that short exercise of knowing what you have to pay for and what you want to pay for. Yeah, sometimes those simple things are the most powerful, so that's great advice. And, and Bob, you've given us a ton of great information here, and I know people want to learn more about you. So where do we find you? How can we work with you? How do we learn more about you? Excellent. Two places, bobdpasquale.com. If you have notes or anything, show notes, you can put that in there. It's very easy for people. It's just my name. You can find out more about my book podcast, anything on there. And then if you're interested in working with us professionally, our, the name of our new firm is initiateimpact.com. Fantastic, Bob. Thank you so much. And I will put those links in the show notes so everybody can do that. Make sure you check them out. Bob D. Pasquale. Bob, thank you again for being on the show. Chris, man, awesome. Love what you guys are doing. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for being here and checking out our latest amazing guest. Be sure to head over to unrivaledexperts.com to learn from more incredible experts so you can get a shortcut to living your best life.